Well, everybody, welcome to the August 29th edition of Cascadian Views. You've got just Dan uh, with me here again. How are you, Dan? Hey, doing good. Doing good. I was hoping we were done with summer, but my computer is actually giving me a heat wave warning right now. <laughs> heat oh, advisory in effect through August 30th at 12 p.m. So, yeah, fun time. Well, yeah, I seem to remember when I was living in Oregon, like that last week or so of August and beginning of September would get just a little bit hairy like that. It's supposed so. to be 97 tomorrow. It's 92 today. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. We're getting one last heat wave through here, I guess. I hope it's the last one. It would suck pretty bad if it came around again. Yeah, oof. Okay. Yikes. Uh, speaking of feeling the heat, you like that segue? I was proud of that one. <laughs> uh, they have released a heavily redacted copy of the affidavit that the DOJ used to secure the search warrant on the, uh, the Trump compound down in Mar-a-Lago. It is... I mean, there are whole pages blacked out of the thing. It's pretty extensively redacted, uh, to the point where I don't think it actually tells us much. Yeah, well, I think that was kind of part of the idea of the redactions, is the DOJ basically said they really didn't want to release it beforehand, right? They said they've still got, you know, active... Yeah, active investigation. ...that they don't want to compromise, yeah. So, okay, yeah, I could see that. <laughs> The odds the president, the former president gets indicted are growing pretty much by the second. Uh, and I think not just the left feels it, but the right does as well. Senator Lindsey Graham uh, went on, I think it was Fox News, might have been Newsmax, to let everybody know that there'd be riots in the street if they indicted the president. Uh, comments that the president himself, re I was going to say retweeted, but retruthed on his truth social network, whatever that is. Fake Twitter. Yeah. So, uh... .com Twitter. <laughs> uh, my one and only experience with Wish actually turned out to be pretty positive. I ordered a oh, cool. uh, solar panel charger, like, battery pack plus solar, fold-out solar panel thing from them. Uh, and after, like, three months of it not showing up, they gave me my money back. And then, like, a month later, the thing I ordered showed up after having getting stuck in Azerbaijani customs for forever. And it went the wrong way around the globe, but it did eventually get here, and it was free to me. So I was pretty happy. Nice. All right. Well, cool. That's uh, a success. Yeah. Also, it was nice to fill, like, 30 seconds with that story since we struggled for topics this week. <laughs> Wish.com. Yeah. Uh, sponsoring Cascadian Views. Jesus. Do you do you think it is likely the former president gets indicted? That seems to be kind of firming up as the conventional wisdom right now. It's definitely looking like a possibility, man. He's done some bad, bad stuff. And... I mean, the only... Thing really mitigating against it is just the supposed decorum of the office, but he's just so far beyond the pale that yeah. I don't see how Garland can really ignore it. So, what decorum does the office really have left, man? 
Yeah. Like, it was burned to the ground during those four years in a way that I never expected to see. I'm, I'm used to disagreeing with the president. I do that all the fucking time. I am not used to seeing the president go full, like, barstool sports, which is yeah, what this country descended to for a while. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's really what it comes down to. So, yeah, he he decided to go... WWE on the office and so yeah that's where we're at so sure I mean that's we can we we send a president to jail or we have no recourse because he's committed a bunch of crimes (laughs) yeah I think or at least put him on trial Uh, I mean the problem with indicting a president I think the, the, the reason the other reason I think we're DOJ might have some trepidation is the idea that, you know, you indict the president, you end up kind of falling flat on your face, or at least you have to have some fear of doing so, that you indict him, but you can't secure a conviction because 40% of the country, any kind of jury you pull, you'd be concerned that 40% of the country fucking loves the guy and would do anything for him, and so you've got a real concern of jury nullification, no matter what you do. Uh, now, hear me out. Does that apply if they file charges in the D.C. Circuit? That's very true. I mean, that would be the one caveat. So you file in D.C., and there's a lot. You know, then you've got an electorate where I think, what? Uh, by like 90%? 80 to 90% of the vote? Yeah much less likelihood of getting, you know, some MAGA in the jury pool. So, yeah, I guess that would be, that would be the one exception to that, or pretty much the only the only jurisdiction where that would be the case. <laughs> uh, do you think that, do you think he'd get SCOTUS to bite on a jury of the peers argument? Specifically a racial jury of the peers argument? That D.C. is not representative of its peers because it's, you know, an all-black city, basically. I, God, I don't know if he could go out and demand an all-white jury. I mean, that's... Fuck. Because uh, um, well, that's, that's where I see that tactic leading to. Yeah, I mean, then again, though, you know, this SCOTUS... <laughs> They could probably go for it, too. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, SCOTUS being completely complicit in this government takeover is getting more terrifying by the day. That's that's actually, I think, the longest-lasting thing we have to worry about uh, in terms of, you know, good governance is just the fact that the Supreme Court has decided to wade full-on into politics, basically. Yeah. I mean, Austin... In theory, I mean, they're not going to want to touch a a criminal case, especially one involving the president, but (laughs) who knows anymore? These assholes, you know. God. Uh, Sorry, go on. Yeah, that's just, I'm just kind of sighing and reflecting that I just cavalierly described the Supreme Court of the United States as a bunch of assholes, and it's entirely apt. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, probably our best hope for 
for some semblance of a representative court at some point would be holding on to the Senate. Uh, we got our first good taste of the mood of the electorate on the Democratic side with the special election results from New York. It was uh, unabashedly good for Democrats. Yeah, yeah, the both in the both the special elections actually the the nineteenth district and the twenty third, uh, a race where we won outright, which you know that was not expected. It was basically a uh, kind of a bellwether seat, like slightly Republican-leaning district, and Democrats won it by about three percentage points, and then a very Republican seat where Democrats just barely lost. So, yeah, I think the conclusion is that, you know, Dobbs, the Dobbs case is shifting the uh, state of the electorate heavily in uh, Democrats' favor right now. And Republicans have kind of caught the car, <laughs> like a dog that caught the car, I guess. Yeah. The, the uh, seat that we won in New York had a uh, PVI of R plus five. It was, however, a seat Biden had won by one and a half points. Uh, so it it was a it was a Republican seat that was willing to swing with the times. Probably uh, is the best way to describe it. Probably one of the reasons why it's been a great bellwether and. Uh, Polls had shown Democrats losing that seat by about five points, about the partisan lean of the district. Uh, and in the end, we pulled it out by a couple percentage points. The other district was an R plus 17 district. Uh, we lost it by just a few points. Absolutely. Just great showing. Uh, and the other, I think the one thing that was also been thrown around you know they're both pretty suburban districts you know very you know white districts as well I mean so you know Democrats are definitely overperforming with uh, you know again suburban voters white voters right now uh, both of those are presumably going to be very helpful demographics in the midterms as well you know kind of part of the uh, voter swap that's been happening since you know roughly the 2016 election and has been steadily ongoing um but yeah it's definitely a strong performance that's you know still still ongoing and we'll see how well that keeps up it's it's really really good news was there anything out of the uh florida elections that seemed important to you see here i think mostly what what i think what we were following from there was that you know there were a couple of incumbents that republican incumbents that had some really scary primaries that uh you know, i think what you know boohoo you know republicans losing elections to you know challengers i mean not really skin off our nose except you know even scarier fascists getting into office i mean but still not great. Uh, what Laura Loomer, I think, was one of the challengers that was in the mix. Yeah, got surprisingly close, too. Yeah. Uh, and then another one. Um, let's see here. Uh, let's see here. I'm trying to think of what else is going on down there. Uh, Charlie Crist won his primary. He will uh, be the Democratic nominee for governor in an attempt to return him to an office he last held as a Republican. Yep. And... Gosh, that was the 
12 years ago now, I think. Is it? Yeah, yeah. He was in there from... He was in office back... <sighs> yeah, I think he, he was after Jeb Bush. So I think like 2002, 2006, 2010, I want to say, something like that. Ran against Rubio. Yeah. So, he's, yeah, he's given another shot uh, against... This time against uh, Ron DeSantis, uh, and then Val Demings got the nomination to run against Marco Rubio. She's been polling surprisingly well. Has she? Yeah, yeah, she's gotten a couple of good polls. <coughs> she's actually had some polls with her leading, uh, which, holy shit, not really what anyone's been expecting there. You know uh, what I've been noticing in the same kind of ballpark? Tim Ryan has a real chance to be senator from Ohio. Yeah, he's leading well, I, in more than half the polls that are on the five thirty eight average. It's it's wild. I mean, they've got you know live poll you know polls with uh, Mandela Barnes leading in Wisconsin. Polls like roughly even with uh, Beasley leading in North Carolina, or at least running roughly even. Which you know races where I don't think anybody is expecting us to win. And I don't think we are going to win, but at least Barnes Barnes has not been behind in a single poll this summer. Yeah, just absolutely wild. You know, you know Johnson's beaten Russ Feingold twice, and Feingold is a much stronger candidate, I think, than Mandela Barnes. He's a much more popular candidate. Yeah. Uh, so, and running, well, let's see here. I guess 2010 was probably a harder year for Democrats than 22 is going to be. But 2016 was not necessarily, I mean, probably, eh, I'd say probably a roughly equal, roughly equal environment for Democrats to this year. Beasley's got a tie in North Carolina, too. Yeah. There's a lot of really fun things going on with the Senate map. I'd be really surprised if, yeah. Johnson pulled it out, or, or did not. It went down this year after pulling it out in sixteen, because he'd been written off for dead like at the beginning in sixteen. So yeah, this will be pretty wild. We're also still favored in Georgia, so yeah, yeah. I my opinion about basically everything has just been buoyed over the last few months. I am. No longer as much of a doom and gloomer. Yeah, but it's it's so strange. I mean, I I I figured you know Dobbs would have some effect, but it's really really been something. Yeah. Uh, kind of hand in hand with Dobbs, the White House has started adopting a starkly different tone than I think we've seen from Biden in the entirety of his term and really his career. Um, Maybe not completely, but this is the spiciest Biden we've seen since noun verb and 9-11. Like, he is on the attack. Or at least since that time, he absolutely filleted Paul Ryan. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, It's great. Yeah, the White House last week, uh, in the wake of Republican attacks on the student debt cancellation, went on just a tear. 
quote tweeting every single Republican statement of opposition and then linking to how many dollars worth of PPP loans they got during the, the COVID uh, crisis that were forgiven by the government. Uh, Biden at a press event uh, first just absolutely fucking dragged Marley Taylor, uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene uh, earlier this week and then labeled Trump and the Republican Party as semi-fascist uh, just a couple days ago. Uh, it's had a lot of people who were calling Democrats uh, socialist and communist for literally decades clutching at their pearls. They were very upset about it. Well, sure. Yeah, yeah. Like, how can you say this? You know, totally beyond the pale. Or, or not just that, but, you know, pedophiles and, you know, groomers and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, yeah. It's suddenly like, oh, no, 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 this, you can't say that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, such, so, such Biden is yeah. is legitimately, apparently, uh, quite smitten with the dark branded means. I don't know yeah. if you saw that, but some of the Obama staffers were saying that the president sees them and he finds them very amusing. That's, that's so great. Uh, well, I don't know, man. Some somebody popped his internet cherry. That's that's not good. <laughs> I mean, part, part of his strength was that he was offline. <laughs> that that's fair, but I'm I'm kind of yeah. here for it. Like yeah. I really am. Like we we tried to just pretending like everything's normal for a while, and it was not going anywhere because things are not fucking normal. Things are not okay. They have not gone back to to where they were. We still have a very fragile democracy here, and I'm I'm quite comfortable as somebody who is actually fighting to keep it. I am okay with that. Fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. Get get some feisty Biden going. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, did you see the uh, Ben Shapiro video about the uh, the student debt forgiveness? did see the still of it where he appears to be firing some kind of rail gun with laser eyes (laughs) (laughs) it is by far the coolest biden has ever looked (laughs) just awesome oh oh oh, it's it's really they they don't know what to do they really don't they're flummoxed yeah oh So I guess we'll do uh, local stories. There's been yet another shooting here in Oregon, uh, this time at a Safeway in Bend. Bend is, I believe, the second largest city in Oregon, or at the very least, it's the largest city that's not part of the Portland metro area. Um, Apparently, three people were shot, including the shooter, a 20-year-old. They're still working to figure out exactly what he was doing. Uh, or why he targeted those people, or why he killed himself after targeting those people, if he targeted those people. Uh, Not much is known at this time, except for the fact that he had an extremely violent record in high school. Uh, So, exactly the type of person I want owning a gun that sounds totally cool and super legit. Yeah. Good gravy. I, uh... I don't know if it's just because I lived in Oregon, but, you know, we kind of exist in the same sort of media market in the Northwest. I don't see nearly as many shootings going down in Washington as I do in Oregon. At the very least, much less than makes the news. Yeah, I mean, some of that could be particularly, I mean, Portland's definitely got, you know, at least in part in terms of the public imagination the violence problem right now 
it's I mean, it is really bad. Yeah. I'm I'm not gonna sit here and call Portland a shithole. I think it's a wonderful city. I love living here. But things have definitely changed since the start of the pandemic and it's not for the better. Yeah, I mean the pandemic and you know drugs have been a serious issue as well. Yeah. That have really hit the city pretty hard. Like we have Hoover bills here, just everywhere. Every single parking lot is covered in tents. Uh, there was a big indictment uh, about two or three months ago of a bunch of Mexican cartels supplying meth that are distributed through those Hoovervilles, those homeless camps. Uh, they busted 200 and some pounds coming up from Mexico, destined for one of these camps. It's it's just allowed to fester in, in a way that's not really healthy for anybody. Like, these places are, are slums. They're literally slums knocked up like in Rio de Janeiro or Pretoria or one of those places that you think of and nothing gets done. I'm not blaming the people in them. They're people in desperate situations. I'm blaming the government for not having answers for these people's desperate situations. Yeah. It's really unfortunate and yeah, it definitely, it unfortunately radicalizes the politics and not in a good way i mean that's the sort of thing that will eventually you know push a what, what's the term i'm thinking of here a reactionary backlash i would expect you know, somewhere down the line that's you know, we've kind of talked about it before but you know the fear with seattle city attorney yeah yeah something along those lines you know back you know when the Seattle City Attorney was elected. We talked about the fear of you know some kind of uh, you know uh, Portland's uh, Giuliani is somewhere in the offing whenever that comes along. I mean that's not quite you know Seattle City's Attorney's politics, but you know someone who was you know coming along with those uh, um, some someone who had that kind of super reactionary politics. Could probably find a willing audience if people get that fed up with you know being under you know that living with that kind of fear. So yeah, absolutely. You know, I've you know people you know are you know afraid to ride the max you know because it's not safe you know that yeah. could definitely be a real concern going forward. And and those things are all completely true. It does not feel safe to ride the Max right now. I mean, just driving down the street sometimes. There are open fires and shootouts coming out of these Shantyvilles, these Hoovervilles that we've got all over the place. It's a failure of government. It's a failure of humanity. It's pretty bad. Yeah. Yeah, that's really unfortunate. Yeah, I haven't... I don't think I've been to Portland since the pandemic started, but that is really sad. So many resources for people closed during the pandemic and then the, the law enforcement, which is not a universal good. They don't necessarily help more than they harm, but they at least do something. Uh, even them were kind of forced to lay off this. Uh, CDC advice was to not move people, to allow people to remain where they are in order to avoid spreading and more contact and whatnot. And so the city suspended all sweeps and really anything that would get people moved towards the help that they need. So we've got a bunch of, you know, I'm sure 
uncontrolled mental illness running completely wild in a population that's being radicalized into drug dealers uh, in order to, you know, just make some sort of money. They prey on the, the vulnerable populations who need cash, and so they get them involved in this, this meth racket. And it's just... Ah, it's pretty bad. Yeah. So, we shall see. But yeah, that's that's really all I've got locally from Oregon. Was there anything up there? Oh, yeah, we were going to at least check in on uh, the Alaska oh, special yeah. election. Yep. Um, so, yeah. What's the breakdown? Sure. So, right now, the uh, deadline that they've given for the uh, final count in the uh, special election is coming up this week, August uh, 31st. Uh, we were checking in before we went to recording, and uh, as of right now, um, it's, I think we had, uh, they were saying Peltola's at about just under 40%. Yeah, uh, 39.6, I think. Yep, and I think that in a raw vote lead, I think about 15,000 votes. Yeah, somewhere in that there. seems about right. Uh, hold yeah. on a second, I had this actually. Uh, yeah, she's got 74,496, Palin has 58,146, so yeah. Okay, so yeah, about 15,000 votes. Uh, and yeah, so of course, you know, Begich is going to be eliminated and they're going to be distributing his votes out of that in the final, uh, <coughs> and they start doing the distribution of his votes from that, uh, based on the calculations from there, when they figure out, uh, what those second choice votes are if uh, they have a second choice vote because if they have a second yeah choice. if baggage voters did not rank somebody then their vote just goes away exactly so the estimation is that i think in order to overtake peltola uh baggage is going to have to or i'm sorry palin is going to have to carry about like a 60-40 split or something like that. Yeah. Uh, Palin's going to have to carry, I believe it was 64% of the votes uh, of Begich, assuming that all Begich voters ranked a second choice. Exactly. And again, that is not a good assumption. You know, most likely, there's going to be a number of people who either did not rank you know, somebody second or third from Begich at all, just either bullet voted for Begich, you know, just him and him alone. So, Which I yeah. can respect. If you're a normie Republican in Alaska and Palin's out there being the crazy, maybe Begich is all you want. Absolutely. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. I'm I'm curious to see how many of Begich's voters, though, actively rank Patola second. Uh, because that, for every one of them that ranks Patola, it's basically worth two of them not ranking anybody. Exactly. So, and they definitely they found more than a few of them talking to the Anchorage Daily News, saying they voted Begich first and the Peltola second. So there are at least a few out there anecdotally. Uh, do you think the dynamics change for the November election? There, I would bet that at least some Republicans may have some buyer's remorse. Uh, well, I mean, I don't know. It depends. I mean, there's probably going to be, yeah, some Republicans with buyer's remorse realizing, holy shit, uh, we got a Democrat that ended up with a congressional seat. We can't let that happen again. 
Uh, on the other hand, if uh, Peltola does win the seat outright, then you know she's the incumbent, and that does create a different dynamic as well. So, yeah, there's a lot that can change. So, damn, yeah, that will create some differences. Um, you know. Turnout was pretty high for a special election. They said it was about 39% turnout, but that is yeah. low for a regular election. Yeah, that will be, that is low, even, you know, even for a midterm election. Alaska elections, I think they typically, even in the midterm, will still exceed 50%, you know, probably get to be 55, 60%. So, Yeah. I would expect you're going to be looking at a much larger universe of voters, you know, come November. So, yeah, that will be more, will be a, a uh, probably a more difficult, difficult terrain for, you know, for Democratic. It is also voters. something that could create its own momentum, though. Like, yeah. imagine the news stories. The Dems pick up Alaska's at-large seat. You know, Don yeah. Young seat, that sort of wind at your back can do a lot for the candidate. Um, I could totally see. Absolutely. I could see her hanging on to the seat if she wins it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, for one, I mean, it's, it's generates a lot of positive press coverage doing that for one. And yeah, it gives, you know, her a whole new round again, like I said, of positive coverage, uh, introduction to the voters that she wouldn't have had previously. Yeah. I think there's a lot of opportunity that comes with that. And, with, you know, kind of a winner's halo that comes from winning in the first place. So, yeah. The fact that she is an Alaska native as well, a, a Yupik woman, I think might might enable her to hitch her wagon to the Murkowski train as well. Murkowski has long, long relied on the Alaska Native community as a, a significant voting block for her. Uh, wouldn't surprise me to see some sort of crossover with voters there. Might help. And it's going to be the same three-candidate dynamic in November, because uh, the fourth candidate... Uh, the fourth candidate for the general election, uh, Tara Sweeney, has already dropped out. So it's once again going to be Peltola, Palin, and Begich in November. So if the same kind of negative attacks between Palin and Begich that kind of contributed to this, you know, continue, and <laughs> I you know, don't see anything uh, that's <laughs> necessarily going to cause them to abate, you know, that can only help as well. Yeah, I was going to say that just this election probably just gives Begich and Palin more reason to hate each other, if nothing yeah. else. Yeah, you know, I mean, yeah, look, look what you've done. You've cost me, cost it, cost us this, uh, you know, this this time. So yeah, exactly. So yeah, it could just continue. Yeah. Meanwhile, Begich can you know snipe back that Palin was so repulsive, his voters were willing to wank, uh, rank a Democrat. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, why don't you just drop out? That sort of thing. Yeah. Exactly. It's going to be a lot of fun times. Yep. Uh, there has been some new news in the uh, the Georgia case as well, but I think I want to wait for Chris to catch in on that since I know he pretty obsessively follows that. Sounds good. 
Uh, I think that's it then. Is there anything else you want to mention? That, that covered it for me. So, All yeah. right. Half an hour again. You Have a good it. week, Dan. You too. Bye.